Hello, 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 and welcome to episode 49 of Cutscene Convos, and Happy New Year to all of you. Happy New Year. This week we will be discussing who is the Rhino, um, Bad Batches episode 1 and 2 of season 2. We'll also be um, having a little bit of a review of Spider-Man Miles Morales now that I finally got around to playing it. Um followed by a Nerd News Network special, as we are regularly doing now. <laughs> um, finishing off with a superhero showdown of Blue Beetle versus Deadman. Deadman. Don't know why I changed the A to an O. Deadman. But before all that... Hori, how's your year been? Oh, my year so far. Uh, it's only been five days. Yeah, not the rolling year, the current year. <laughs> Um, I mean, my week's been chill, very chill. Didn't do much, too much for New Year's. Pretty much just spent it with family, chilled out, and got back to work at the start of the week. But it's been a very like slow week. I think just with thing like start of the year, there's not much going on yet, especially in the that, world of that first week. Is everyone just working out what they're doing again? Isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's just like getting back into being like, oh, I have to work. <laughs> um, I have stuff I should be doing. So covering bits here and there, but not like really had much to do. And honestly, kind of nice way to start the year. Nice and chill. Um, playing a lot of Tarkov. Um, Tarkov has hooked me again, as has Rust a little bit. No, so, no. It's it's a mix of both. Valorant's also got an update coming out soon, so it's gonna be a mess. Yeah, there is many there is many gaming games to be played. Too many games, not enough hours in the day, um, as is the case. But yeah, Tarkov's got me by the balls at the moment. Um, Absolutely firm grip. <laughs> but yeah, that's been my week. How's how's your year started? Um, it's not been too bad. Similar to you, I had a pretty um chill New Year's. Um, at home with my partner, my brother, and my parents. Um, she was making cocktails all night. I was drinking nice. many cocktails. We watched um, you know, the Whoopi Goldberg film, Sister Act and Sister Act Two. Mm-hmm. We watched Lem Back to Back. The oh, classics. Like, yeah, yeah, finished at like half eleven ish. Then nice. rang in the new year, had another drink, and went to bed. In class. Um. Then on New Year's Day, I took my parents to the airport. Oh. Um, because they're going, or they're currently in Spain. Oh, nice. Yeah, all right for some minute. Yeah, escaping the British um, world. Yeah, uh, which means I've had quite a busy week because of the people left in the household. I am the only one strong enough to walk our big husky boy. Ah. Um, which means instead of just doing the evening walk, which I normally do. I'm also having to get up at quarter to seven to do the morning walk. Fun. Yes. Um, and last night I rolled my ankle on the evening Ooh. walk. Which um pretty sore. Lovely. Um, but yeah, I mean work's busy. Um we were in the mid we we're in the middle of a big project as everyone kind of stopped for Christmas. So it was just coming back in, it's like you have zero time to yeah. Being yourself back up, it is you've got to hit the ground running, um, which is just it's just it's chaotic, but that's what it is. Sometimes there, 
I'm sure there are quieter weeks down the road to come. Oh yeah, I'm sure there will be. But right then, shall we get into it? So we shall. As I mentioned earlier, when we talked about Spider-Man Miles Morales, mm-hmm. and as a part of that, um, I finally caught up on all my Spider-Man comics that I hadn't read. Nice. Um, so that I now have an excuse to not read them forty. I'm like, well, I caught up a little bit. Um, but as part of that, I've been reading a lot of Spider-Man, playing a lot of Spider-Man, just constant. Um, so I was like, you know what? Although they're all pretty well known, I have not done many, many character profiles on Spider-Man's Rogues Gallery. No, we haven't. No, and I decided let's uh, let's rectify that a little bit. So we're starting with the Rhino, the Rhino, aka Alec Z. Ziech, Ziech, nailed He's it. Russian. Nailed I it. even, I was, I saw that name and I was so lost. I even tried to get like the Google Translate pronunciation, no, like the pronunciation, uh, like yeah. the lines, and I've still managed to kind of do it wrong. Um, <laughs> anyway, he first appeared in Amazing Spider-Man number forty-one in July sixty-six. Oh, nice. So, so like he's he is an OG, mm-hmm. as I'm pretty sure most people probably would have guessed. Yeah. Um, Alexi was a thug in the mafia, um, but he always dreamed of more, and as a result of that, he eventually agreed to be a subject to chemical and radiation treatments to become a super soldier for a collective of Russian spies. Ah, the classic. Yeah. Um, and as part of these treatments, he also had a super suit based on a rhino's hide, permanently bonded to his skin. Lovely. Yeah. Um, and the rhino is an unstoppable force. Um, like, he can't be stopped, even if he wants to. Once he starts charging, he can't change direction, he can't stop. It is ongoing until I hit something now. Um... And that kind of flaw, as well as his lack of intelligence, made him a foe that Spider-Man, as long as he's careful, can relatively easily deal with. Yeah. As soon as he dodges. Yeah. So he has been released from his suit a number of times. Um, Initially, it was due to a special acid that was created with the help of Dr. Kirk Connors. That kind of ate through the suit. Okay. But then he just got given a bigger, better suit that dealt with the issues. Mm-hmm. And that's all that really happens. Every kind of 15-ish years, they find a way to get him out of his new suit just to make it stronger and more powerful. Yeah. Um, but because of his um lack of intelligence of any real level, he's um often been used as a pawn by more intelligent villains or even criminal syndicates. Right, because he's a big, dangerous guy. Let's go, cause lots of damage. Your Doctor Otto Octavius is just like, yeah, yeah. I need you to go do this. Go run at stuff, and while he's doing that, I'm going to go commit a more important crime. Yeah, easy distraction. Um, yeah, which makes him. I think that's kind of why he's become such a staple of um, Spider-Man's Rogues Gallery. He gets to be used pretty regularly. Mm. And it's always a good fight because of how dangerous he is, but it, he never has to be the main guy. He can be the main guy, but he's also a very good supervillain to have as like a top tier henchman. Especially in comic books when like 
most most arcs are like three or four issues long. Yeah. You can dedicate an entire issue to just an awesome fight with Rhino. Um, oh, yeah. This has resulted in him, due to his pure strength, being part of the Savage Six, not Sinister Six. Oh. Although I think he has been part of the Sinister Six. But he's been oh. part of the Savage Six, as well as Fisk's Thunderbolts. Oh, yeah, yeah. He was also a police officer um, when Wilson Fisk was mayor. Interesting choice of police officer. Well, I mean, Fisk has always been pretty like obvious about the fact he's corrupt. So yeah. he kind of pardoned Rhino and then made him a police officer. And he's kind of like, oh, I've helped rehabilitate this dangerous villain. Did they put a blue flashing light on his horn? I like to think so. <laughs> um, the really interesting thing, and I have actually read this comic, um, is that after Mayor Fisk was taken down, mm. the pardon for Rhino didn't get undone, so he was still an innocent. He was still a free man. Oh, um, so he was. I mean, he was chemically bonded into a Rhino suit. So he's still pretty limited, but he wasn't actively getting in trouble for a little while, um, until he had a spat with um, Spider-Man Miles Morales. Is Spider-Man. Oh. Um, in which Miles attacked him. Um, because he thought he was committing a robbery, but in fact the Rhino was trying to stop the robbery. Oh shit. Because the people committing the robbery had also been kidnapping children, including oh. the Rhino's niece. Ah. Uh, okay. So then there was a really cool um couple of issues where Rhino, Miles, and then Captain America teamed up oh. to um, save his niece from Tombstone's thugs who was working with the Snatcher. Oh, um, which was really cool. Um, yeah. Rhino, didn't, Rhino didn't go to prison at the end because he didn't do anything wrong. He was helping Captain America and Spider-Man. Um, and it was actually quite nice to see a more human side of Rhino. Yeah, he still was a bit dense, but he was like, I just, I just want to get this child I care about back. I'm not going to yeah. fight you. I'm not going to hurt you. I'm asking for your help, actually. Um, mm -hmm. And it was also nice to see Miles get to be a friendly neighbourhood Spider-Man for um, everyone. Yeah. Um, ironically, um, Alexi is also a gambling buddy of Gambit. <laughs> like it. Um, however, Gambit has been very clear that he doesn't gamble with him when he's like actively wanted <laughs> yeah when when i could get caught being with him yeah, yeah. i keep my distance um, and gambit on a number of occasions has tried to help him get out of his life of crime oh. so there we go rhino's a really interesting character yeah i would um Not more to him than i thought i would love to see him done really well in live action which is something i feel we've been robbed of so far um we yeah, got them... to see the big mechanical one at the end of Amazing Spider-Man Two. Yeah. Um, or end of no, it was end of Amazing Spider-Man. So it was part of the tease for that, and then he was going to be in Amazing Spider-Man Three, I mm. think. Um. But yeah, we didn't get like. Yeah, I I would love OG a, Rider. even if it's like, very, highly CGI, but just done quite well. Um, well, yeah, they could they do like, like a very cool 
more of an exo suit than a full-on rhino mech. Yeah, no, I don't want it to be robotic. I want it to be like someone who's been trapped in a rhino suit. Yeah, I think you could get away with some. Like, there's definitely nowadays they could do that well. Yeah, hundred percent. Like, think like Thanos fives with like high quality motion capture with a mm. good actor yeah. and some good good CGI. I think it would be a really cool thing to see. And with his brute strength, I think for Tom Holland or even if we do get a Miles Morales, it could be mm. a really good villain for them to have to try and overcome. Yeah, I agree. Um. And that is all I have to say on Rhino. And that brings us on to, for the first time in a little while here, new content. Yeah, I know. It's been a few, it's been like a month. It has. It has. Month. Um, it's been at least a month since yeah. we've had anything new. Uh, no, we had something in December. We had um, Guardians, Guardians of the Galaxy. Galaxy oh, yeah. special. Yeah. True, true. I, th- I think it is three weeks of podcast yeah. where we've not had new content. Um, it's the longest break and... I think we had of the whole year. <laughs> Yeah. Um, well, well, other than I the beginning. Know. Yeah, other than the beginning. Um, so I hadn't finished Bad Batch Season 1 because when Bad Batch Season 1 came out, um, we weren't covering Star Wars. I was watching it weekly for like the first eight episodes. And then yeah. I got distracted and stopped watching. Um, which, I mean, if I don't have a reason to sit down and watch something every week, I do sometimes just forget about a show halfway through and then go back to it till three years later. Um, it's disgraceful, though. Can't so it. when I knew this was coming, I was like, okay, cool. I need to go back and rewatch mm. Bad Batch. So that's what I did. Um, really good show. I enjoyed all of season one. Um, and I'm season almost kind really of, good. I'm almost kind of glad that I did kind of have to binge it at the end because so it, it went... meant it was all fresh going yeah, in. Yeah, I have to say, like going into episode one. I was a bit like, the fuck happened at Where the end? We? Yeah. yeah, I couldn't really remember what, like, uh, we've, we've watched a lot last year, and Bad Batch was a while ago, so. Was Bad Batch even last year, or was it the year before? I thought it was last year. Maybe it's it wasn't. animated. Yeah, maybe it wasn't. It came out in 2021. Oh, there you go then. That's why we didn't. The, the first the episode was May fourth, twenty twenty one. Right, so that explains like, why I can't really remember. Yeah, so like they probably could have done with like an optional recap at the beginning to go. Would you like to know where we left off? Yeah, that um, would have probably been nice. But I mean, for for me, I was quite lucky because, like I said, I only just got to it. Yeah. Um. So I I fell straight into it. Um. So we'll talk about episode one first. Hmm. Um, so we we Crab get folk. is it just me or did that remind you of the Pirates of the Caribbean scene? Oh, when all the when you these... when you got Jack running on the beach being chased. It's that classic like, oh shit, we're running along the beach to get out of here, being yeah. chased by a mob of like islanders, zombies, pirates, like creatures. This time it's just in, giant crabs. Insert thing we don't want chasing us here. Yeah. Um, I think it was a fun way to start. Yes. Because it kind of went, well, time hasn't stopped since where we left off. They kind of ended the arc of the first season with them getting off Camino, 
and mm-hmm. going their separate ways with um, Crosshair. And the Empire thinks they've been dealt with, so they should be safe now. Um, and we just come to find they're just they're they're essentially bounty hunters. Yeah, they're um, just doing which makes complete fucking sense. Of course, they're bounty hunters. Um, but I do like the when like you cut back to the ship to Tech and Omega, mm-hmm. you also see that they're all collectively trying to be dads for Omega. Yeah, they're all trying to teach her. Um turn it into like the ultimate bounty hunter <laughs> yeah yeah and it's it's quite funny as well because they're like clearly they do care about her but they're like she's adamant she wants to help on missions so we need to make her useful as well as safe yeah to can able to protect herself yeah. because we can't be watching over her constantly on a exactly. mission so you've just got her on the fucking wing of the plane studying every ship oh, type sorry. yeah every ship type and she's like, rolls over for a second to take a break and Tech's like, are you done with your studying? <laughs> yeah, it's like, uh, excuse me. Um, I just, I enjoy it a lot. Um, Rekka is still my favourite. Oh, he's fucking great. As soon I as they were Rekka. running along the beach, I was like, okay, Rekka's done something here. Yeah, 100%. Um, I adore Rekka. Um, his arc with Omega in the first season, yes. when he was getting his headaches and he needed his inhibitor chip removed, I really enjoyed that. You've got this tiny little girl staring down a giant fucking clone who wants to kill her, and she's like, yep. "But you're my friend." I'm just like, Rekka would never do this. If Rekka remembers this, he's gonna feel so bad forever. Hmm. Um. And then it's, what is it? They they get out of that situation, and then it's like yes, and then they go back to Sid's. Yes, to hand hand in the. To- yeah, they they were doing a quest. Come on, yeah. we've all been there. Turning in the quest. Exactly. Um, and they meet this new character. Yeah. Um, who, Some pirate. Yeah, she's a pirate. Apparently the most trustworthy pirate Sid knows. Which doesn't um, say, a, say a lot, because it's... Yeah, but Sid's also trusted her enough to give over the secrets of the Bad Batch. She's kind mm. of like, oh, these are the clones on the run from the Empire. Mm. Um, so I'm sure we'll see more of her. Yeah, I think we will. And we find out about um, the Empire raiding, essentially, Count Dooku's temple. No, not temple. Palace. Well, it's more just like they're collecting it because essentially they now own it. Yeah. Um, so they're going to collect his war chest and all of his valuables because they're valuable to him. And Sid's kind of like, you go get like 1% of that, not even. And, you're and you guys probably won't even have to be bounty hunters anymore you can just chill yeah because she's like she also mentions just relax she also mentions the fact that like this deal isn't going to keep going forever like the empire is spreading yeah the empire is marching out to make mm -hmm. everyone under their thumb so eventually like it's going to be where they are and like this shit's not going to be going on anymore so take your chances while you can to try and protect yourself it's, later it, it's got big um one last big score vibes mm. um and initially hunters like no fuck that that's too dangerous yeah but i think for like the first time in the entire show the other clone uh, the other bad batchers kind of go behind his back and go he's being a dumbass here isn't he we need to do this mm. um, well it's a bit of like Sid kind of went behind his back and talked more to the others about what it was. Yeah. Knowing she could persuade them. 
or they'd be a bit more willing. Um, and then, yeah, it becomes like a, well, it's 4v1. You're the only one who doesn't want to do it, Hunter, so... Yeah. So he does agree to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's definitely not happy about it. No. Oh, no. Definitely not. I mean, it's been perfect sense, though. It's like, why would you want... Like, you're on the run from the Empire. It's dumb to just go marching straight into the place that they're... Like, why, why rob off the people that you're trying to run away from? <laughs> like, it's just asking for trouble. Um... Um, but nevertheless, they go. Um, then there's the natural hijinks of a heist. All the yep, people there goes what right. we do um, as Wrecker is leaving with like the first bit of loot. Um, the clones realise that something's not right, and they like go to take off early, which leaves um, Echo Tech and Omega stuck on the ship. Yes. And Hunter and Wrecker fighting off hordes of um, clone troopers. Yep. And um, we then got we get new oh. captain. Who I don't yeah. think we've met him before. Don't think we're gonna meet him again either. Well, no spoilers. <laughs> um. But yeah, the we've met. There's like all the new clones. Obviously, they're very much. Uh, Soon as they realize shit's going wrong, was it Hunter and Reco flee to the destroyed city? Yeah. The others are scram scrambling around inside trying to figure out how the fuck to get out of there. Yeah. Um. Um. Shit. We get to see like a callback to Omega's really cl- clearly quite intelligent because she's already learned loads about the mm. ship. Yes. So she comes up with the solution. Doesn't really work, but that's not her fault. But yeah, there's like as, yeah, as they yeah. disconnect is when the episode ends, isn't it? But the escape pods, I thought it was quite funny how they were like, oh, we'll use the escape pods. And then it's like the clones on the ground, because they're all clones and have the same training, essentially being like, oh, they're on the ship. They're going to try and take eject all the escape pods because that's what they're going to go for. Like, that's what exactly, it's like them going, well, if Ice was me, I already know what we'd go for. So they counterplay each other. Yeah, it's a lot of, like, counterplay, even though the Bad Batch are, like, different and have their own specialties, at the end of the day, they're all still clones and all still trained the same, so... Your, your more normal stuff is, um... Replicated across... Yeah. It, it's... <laughs> yeah, if there's something technical or mm. whatever, they can do things differently, but when it's just, we need to get out of here... General yeah, tactics and stuff. Yeah. It's like, well, it's, it's just general training. Exactly. Um, um, which is why Omega is so important. Yeah, because um, she's going to be completely. She's, she's going to be a complete like anomaly. Yeah, she, I in mean, that sense. She, she, she's a Gen One. She's really good quality of the Django Fett initial DNA that she used. She's Boba. She's Lady Boba. Lady Boba. <laughs> Um. So yeah, I mean, we all know that Boba Fett is more OP than any other clone. Yeah. So you would assume that that correlation is there that Omega's also going to be a bit better than all the other clones. Oh yeah, uh, definitely, and you can already tell. Like compared to season one, she's obviously 
they've been doing some missions and she's a lot more confident now and like still a youngster and still learning but like can handle she's herself a lot better fearless though isn't she yeah fearless Just child jumping off at these giant mud crabs with a laser bow Don't yeah she just didn't want to do homework. <laughs> Literally, it's like, I can go fight some giant crabs or study ships. Uh, I'm going to go fight crabs. Um, um, but yeah, so we ended episode one with them um, ejected out of the back of the um, Yeah, in, in a container, falling through the sky. and Oh no, the engines haven't kicked in yet. <laughs> and then Hunter and Wrecker being in hiding in yeah. the destroyed city. The old city yeah. or whatever it was called. Um, I thought episode one was. I I'm glad. Obviously, we knew going into it, like it was going to be a two part thing. So obviously, it made sense that like end of episode one was going to be a bit of a like cliffhanger on what's going on, like purposefully. But I thought it was a good opening. It was a fun opening, and then like into, oh shit, these missions are getting a bit more serious. Also, setting up this more of this idea of that. I think season two, there's going to clearly be a lot more of them tussling with clone troopers and the Empire. I am so down for Bad Batch season three, probably, to end with them fully joining the Rebellion and then appearing in Andor season two in live action. I'm so down. If they appear in live action, that'd be pretty cool. It'd be sick. I'm trying to think. Like, unless they maybe show up in Ahsoka for live action, because that's also like set. Yeah. But yeah, it'd be very cool to see where like it goes at the end of season two. But I Give do think me so live action wrecker. I want it. <laughs> um, but then that takes us into episode two. Yes. Straight into Which it. Yeah, it literally picks off at the exact same place. It's almost like they made it initially to be like an hour-long episode, like the first episode of the first season was, but they decided to split it in two. I, well, I think what it was is like, they obviously clearly had this episode plan of like release scheduling. And like, okay, well, we want to do a double episode on the first day. Let's just make an episode that is like a two-episode length and we'll just cut it in the middle and it's like part one, part two. Um, they did it with some episodes in clone wars animated so yeah pretty standard for them um so the containers falling they're all about to die. Ah, engine kicks in yep. a bit too late they don't land safely and mm. tech hurts his leg well i mean they land as safely as it would probably have because there's no control over it but the issue is that we have a nice little like um talium job situation yeah uh, hanging over nice. the cliffs. I like that reference. I appreciate that. Nice. Uh, yeah, they're hanging over a cliff edge, and like you could see it coming as they're sliding to a stop. And you're like, "Well, this is gonna tip over the edge." Um, and yeah, that's the situation. Is like they start to leave. Shit tips over the edge. Then it's a case of, "Ah, oh, shit. Let's get out of this before we before this falls any further down this cliffside." Um. To which they meet a local, which I was surprised by. Yeah, he seems I mean, to be on his well. own. Yeah, I'm. Re he says this was all that was left for us, as if there was more of them. Yet we see no one else. I'm wondering if there is other people dotted around, 
but they have to keep solo so that they stay under the radar, essentially. Maybe. I don't know if, like, the Empire really cares that they're there. Possibly not. I think they're more just there uh, to yeah, get their war chest. Maybe they're just scared. Maybe they're just scared. I mean, their country, uh, their planet just got destroyed for no reason. Yeah, maybe I mean, they're just like, even if the Empire don't give a fuck we're hiding out here, we're not going to make it obvious we're out here. No. And I think the Empire, it seems that they're there just to gather up whatever money and resources they can to then just leave. To them, there's nothing left on that planet of use. But I... It, meeting that character led to like what I thought was actually a really nice kind of moment of them discussing about the history of the planet and I think it's Tech calls it the Separatists' history or Separatists' mm-hmm. data and he's like well no we were here before the war began This was, we, like, we lived on this planet before the Empire was a thing and it's like oh shit yeah like the clones obviously have one perspective on people of that like they they were trained to, these are the separatists these planets are separatist planets like they're the bad guys they're not really trained or given the chance to think like oh these are genuine people behind this that were here before all this warship began it, it um, was one it was once again one of them um Star Wars holding a light up at everyone and going, just because someone's on the other side to you doesn't mean they're not people. Yeah. Um, which, I mean, good Star Wars has always done. Yeah. Um, and praise the beings and powers that be. It's getting more common again with your Dave. Andals and your Bad Batches. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Good old we, Dave. We know who it is. It's his Dave. Um. And I think that more human aspect is what I like so much about the Clone Wars. Um, yes. It, 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 it focuses it also, on them topics. And it also just adds more depth to the world that like, you don't really stop and think about with the films because the films have to move through stuff so quickly, essentially. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I thought that was a really nice moment. And then on the opposite of that, we get Wrecker and Hunter being total fucking badasses in the city. Taking yeah. on a whole battalion of clone troopers. Not giving a single thought. Yeah, and then Wrecker becoming an actual tank. Which I, I loved. I loved that he did that. Hori, do you want to put together a um, D&D campaign for us and friends and we'll play as the Mad Batch? <laughs> there is Star Wars um, sort of D&D slash roleplay. Like, someone, there's it's pre-built like uh, rules and stuff for it. You can do stuff in the Star Wars world. Shotgun Wrecker. <laughs> but Wrecker um, just being an absolute tank with the fucking yeah. battery pack was sick. Um, Wrecker just has these brilliant moments in a lot of episodes where he goes from being this like lovable goof who you forget is like a big like monster and you're like, oh that's Wrecker, he's sweet. And then he just has these moments where it's like, okay, I'm sick of this now. I'm just going to fix it. And then yeah, he just that... runs and gets something well, done. He's like that intelligence level of like, well, his character is where it's like, oh, we need to get a tank to escape. None of the tanks working. He's just like, hmm, battery, big gun, eye strong to hold big gun, I shoot big gun. <laughs> and literally just as like, becomes a, a moving, walking tank himself. The simplest answer is normally the correct one. Right? Yeah, exactly. Um, I also love the fact that like, obviously they've, 
fight and eventually their paths recross. But it's like when they get on the ship, he still has it and he puts it down. That weapon, he's going to start using that more this season, I think. It's going to be like his new signature thing to have this like tank cannon and a battery pack. What did you think of the slight armor updates? I liked it. I liked it. So because I'm always a fan of how they've done like clone armors and different colors and that's different battalions. It's always fun seeing like the different designs. So like, and also I think it makes sense to show like the passage of time. Yes. They will feel a bit weird about their time in the clone wars now. Well, yeah, it's like also they're now the bad guys. Their it's their way of showing like the color thing. I think. Do you know what I actually think it is? I think the color stuff is Omega coloring their suits in. <laughs> Oh, that is such a good head cannon. I, Omega, like, get, Omega gets bored and colors their suits. Here. Yeah, literally. And that I think such a good head that's cannon. the colors. And then the stuff like the extra like lever utility belts. The funny thing, I like the way my brain went is like, well, that makes total sense because when they were clone troopers, everything is like, everyone has the same armor. Every, uh, everything's clean, precise, like... When you're out in the real world, like you go to a shop, st- like go to buy something from a store in the real world of Star Wars, it's like yeah, some leather utility belt. It all becomes more like utility needs and what is available, and it's like yeah, you become this like mismatch of like armor and leather armor and like weird bags and like extra belts and stuff, and it's like they're not gonna look like clone troopers anymore because they're resupplying themselves with like real world shit. So it adds that, like you say, that level of passage of time and like um, kind of just extra depth to where their characters have been, which I did really like. Um, Then Omega runs off to go get more loot because she heard um, Echo and Hunter's conversation about how Mm -hmm. their lives are different because of Omega. She took that as like they wish they hadn't. I took it the other way. Hunter was like, our lives are different with her, and he and Echo was like, that's why we have to do it. Our lives are different because of her. Um, and I thought I took that from Echo as, yeah, we need to try and not spend the rest of our lives doing this shit. We need to try and go get that money so that we can set up a nicer life for her. Yeah, I think I kind of picked up on both sides of it. Of like, you could, I, I think my brain originally was kind of like that's a bit harsh to like say i i thought he meant it more at first anyway that they could have escaped and been chill hiding pretty well if they hadn't gone back and got omega and had to go through all that but then also it's like hang on no he just means in a sense of like they need to do this job to get them all out of that situation now um obviously omega being a kid you hear someone say Oh, because of you, yeah. kids think. Oh, that I've done something. Doesn't sound like a good thing, does it? No. So. Um, yeah, and the... then they all have to do the. I don't. I hope this kind of plot device doesn't become too regular. It happened enough in season one, but I'm ready for them to move on from it. I'm kind of over the something goes wrong. Omega goes to try and do it how they were going to do it initially, and does it by herself. So then everyone has to go and save her. I think what we're going to see is like the, at the end where he's like telling Omega to like let it go. Like, we don't like, you don't need to get that. Let it like understand like 
you basically being like understand you aren't don't have to fix something that need like doesn't actually need like you're taking blame for something that isn't and trying to deal with it yourself i think we're going to see her character develop to being less of that run off and try and deal with it on her own and realizing them as a team is more important than her like feeling the yeah. need to fix a job when it goes she wrong she needs to fully become integrated with the squad yeah I think we're going to see that development this season. And that was kind of like a hint towards that at the end of episode two. Yeah. Um, then we got the um, new clone captain with like the black shoulder corner piece. Yeah. I can't remember um, his name now. I think it'd be wrong with an A or something. Um, talking to, oh, I forget his name, Rampart. Rampard? Well, something like that. One of the Imperial. Yeah. Boys. The 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 main bad guy of the um bad batch lot. bad batch series, um and he was like I think there's a problem with your report. You said yeah it's Rampart. Mm. Um, you said that Clone Force ninety nine was there, but that's not possible because they died on Camino. Yeah, I killed them. Um, yeah, and he was like, no, I'm pretty sure they were there. I think you got bad intel, sir. <laughs> he's like yeah we're gonna change that report because we don't need Tarkin thinking I fucked up yeah also well he says that and then it's like the clone stood there and it's like the clone being like because they're pro like essentially programmed to think a certain way like by the book like it's like you could see a sort of like erroring being like hang on a second no I'm not gonna lie that's against my like programmed morals I can't go against the book. That's wrong. Oh, well, that's a shame. Boom. Guess no one's going to know. <laughs> Basically, like, I'll ch- I'm changing it either way, whether you want to agree to it or not. You haven't got a choice. So um, so I think this season's going to be interesting because I think it's going to start off with Rampart trying to hide that the Bad Batch even exists. And then they're going to be making so much noise. He's going to be like, well, now I just have to kill you. Well, what I think is going to happen is he's going to try and use non-Empire means to get rid of him. Like, he's going to hire bounty hunters or other people, like, secretively. Bit of Cad Bane cutting about. Yeah, trying to hunt them and get rid of them quietly. And, like you say, they're going to end up bumping, like, they're going to cross paths with the clones more and more. And this kind of like in unintentional, probably for the bad batch, like they're trying to keep away from them, but they're gonna have to keep doing stuff. That it's gonna get to the point where he's like, fuck, I'm gonna have to like officially do something about this now. Or Fraun's gonna come at him and be like, What the fuck is going on? Like some shit's gonna go down. Yeah. It's it's gonna be a um interesting one for sure. And I am excited to see what kind of shenanigans we get yeah me too it is a cartoon it's not going to be super deep they're 25 minute episodes but the clone wars and bad batch season one managed to have a couple of moments that were truly well better than what people connotate with the animated shows there's i know from the like episode release schedule there's two other points where we get like double episode releases yeah. So there's obviously two more like part one, part two situations. So there's obviously like a couple of I big plot that's points. Like mid season like. and end season. Yeah, I think it is. So they're going to obviously be pretty 
pivotal episodes. Yeah, I'd imagine. But we got this. This show's goes like two and a, two and a half months, isn't it? Yeah, something like that. Six, Sixteen episodes. Yeah. One a week for most weeks, so it's probably like three months actually. I think it's like. Um, yeah, I think it's like three months essentially. Um, so it'll be good. Um, I look, I look forward to um, yeah. covering it, and it's, and it's, it's a good show. I know Bad Batch kind of just called Clone Wars season nine. Yeah, um, it has. and it was to an extent. Um, and I think it's a kind of weird take, not because like it's wrong or anything, but. I mean, why why would anyone have an issue with that? Everyone would love. Oh, no, I don't think people. I don't know <laughs> if it's necessarily people having an issue with it. I think people want more Clone Wars. So it's like, oh, this is essentially Clone Wars season nine. I think more so as well, so people understand it's where set. it sits. Yeah, where it sits. Um, I get that. Yeah, looking forward to the rest of this. Me I'll, too. I love the Star Wars animated stuff. Um. Right. On to video games. Yes, your your news little yeah. segment. So, months ago, Spider-Man um, Remastered mm-hmm. came to Steam. It did. And I I bought that bitch and I played it. Yeah. Um, I'm 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 also playing that game again in my free time as well because <laughs> um, I'm still trying 100 percent it because I've never 100 percented a video game before. Because ADHD wow. go brr, so I finish story and then just dip. Um, wow. But I'm grinding this game to 100% no matter how many attempts it takes me. Um, but on on my streams, I've been playing through the Mars Morales story because that came out in December. But mm-hmm. I just, I didn't buy it because I knew once I bought it, I'd want to stream it and I wasn't in the right place to be streaming. Yeah. So I kind of, it was on sale over Christmas. So I got it cheaper than I should have anyway. Um, and I bought it and I was like, in the new year, that's how we're getting our foot back in the door of content. Um, this game, I mean, I've put it in the notes that I sent to you. It is the definitive superhero game. That so, doesn't surprise me. Spider-Man and, Bat- and the Batman Arkham games get compared a lot because mm. like, the core game gameplay loop is pretty simple. Go here, do this thing. You're going to use gadgets. There's going to be some stealth. There's going to be some loud. You can kind of do it however you want for a lot of it. Yeah. Um, but stealth is easier, and like you, like there's a lot of freedom over how you want to be a superhero for a lot of it. Yeah. Um, my big thing was the Arkham game didn't look as good because they were older, which is fair. Well, yeah. Um, but the combat was a bit crisper than Spider-Man Remastered. Yeah. I think the it's combat... more just. The combat in their way was a bit simpler. Potentially. Um, the combat in Spider-Man Miles Morales is so crisp. <laughs> nice. It, it, it's, it's so good, I can't believe it. The They simplified the side missions and all the tokens to unlock suits. So they kind of got... The grind is still the same, but it's not as confusing. There's not yeah, like yeah. seven different tokens that you need to collect to unlock stuff. Right, it's just okay. like there are two things you need to collect. You will use them to unlock everything. Fair. So there's just as much to do, yeah. but it's the game, less the, yeah, the gameplay mechanics have been simplified down a little yes, bit. Yes, exactly. The story might be a touch weaker than Spider Man was, the um, remastered Spider Man was. Mm. But the Spider Man Miles Morales game was also like 
17 hours shorter. Right. Well done. Yeah. So, like, you can't have as complicated and bigger story. No, you can't. Um, I think that... Although they didn't release any DLC for Miles Morales because they just started working on Spider-Man 2 instead. Mm. I genuinely believe they could have taken Spider-Man Remastered and Spider-Man Morales and just released two DLCs a year for that for the next five years and no one would have made a fuss. Probably. And then they could have spent two years just working on whatever and then the last three years of that working on a replacement for them two games. And then just just repeat, and it's like five year cycles of Spider Man games, and the only thing they'd really need to improve would be like graphics and all of that kind of stuff. I wonder if they. But it's just they're so good. Decided to get going with the second Spider Man so they could streamline it closer to how Miles Morales was. Maybe with like those things you said, those changes that are different. Quite possibly, um, but if you have a PlayStation or the ability to play or a PC. I cannot recommend them enough. I think the easiest way for me to explain it is I don't 100% games. I literally never have, and I've been gaming since I was eight years old. I fully intend on 100% in both these games and potentially 100% in the new game pluses. And that's 100% Absolutely in the hot. first Spider-Man game, including the three DLCs for Spider-Man Remastered. Jeez. So like, it's a lot of hours of content. Yeah. In fact, let me open my Steam so far right now and see how many hours I've already put into um, Spider-Man Remastered. I can already tell you're going to have to pump those numbers up. True. true so I've games. already spent 30 hours on Spider-Man Remastered. Got to get that I've into got, triple figures. Come on. And I've still got an entire DLC to play and the other two to finish off like little side bits. As well as all the side bits for the main campaign and New Game Plus. Jeez. There's a lot. There's so much content. And the best bit is, like, I stopped playing it for, what, three months in between? Literally didn't even look at it. Um, But then I started playing Miles and I was like, okay, I want to play more of this game, but I can't play it off stream. So yeah. I just go back to the other one to grind it. <laughs> to play the one that you've already streamed. Yeah. So like instead of getting in from work and playing two hours of COD grinding camos, I'm ah, now playing so I'm fun. now playing two hours of Spider-Man grinding suits. <laughs> it's the same thing, just a lot more fun. Uh wait till you get to Tarkov. Mate, I, I you know what? That is gonna be the only thing that slows me down on hundred percent, isn't it? Yeah, because uh, eventually, even if it takes me two years, I will. Yeah, we will announce it on the podcast, don't we? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it will be make a, sure it'll you're, be a big moment. Make sure you stay listening to what happens. Yeah. Uh, Just episode one hundred and fifty. The only topic is going to be how I finally one hundred percent did a game. It's going to be a solo episode, so Connor can just <laughs> go through the entire game. <laughs> anyway, um. If you have any inclination towards superhero games, or if you played any of the Batman Arkham games and really enjoyed them, give it a go. Here's you can... hope. And here's something that a lot of gamers are really weird about. If you need to set it to the easiest difficulty to enjoy ah. it, just fucking do it. Yeah. 
there's a really weird kind of consensus that if you're not playing on the like the most maxed out stupid difficulty, that you're well, not playing the game properly. So I feel no, like it's that thing of like if you're not at least playing, playing on normal games. Yeah, it's, well, it's not. It's not even that. It's like it went back into the day of like card campaigns and Halo campaigns. I think what it came from is I do think it came from like Halo campaigns of like Halo Legendary was really hard, so it was like an achievement to do the games on Legendary and like a bit of a flex. So then now it's like, oh, if you're if you're doing it on anything less than normal, you're not really gaming. Yeah, um, the stories in these two games are yeah. good enough that if you're not a particularly good gamer. Or you don't want the stress of having to like, well, it's like worry you're about playing a fight, story game play for on the, the story, game. not 100%. to be like a pro at the combat of Spider-Man. Exactly. So, yeah. Exactly. Um, it'll be interesting to see if the Wolverine game is done just as well as this Spider-Man really game. Hope it's the only thing I'm curious about is how they're going to handle um, movement throughout the location. Because for Batman, you've got, like, his uh, grappling hook and then his gliding. With Spider-Man, you've got his webs. I don't know how you do that with Wolverine. It depends on... Well, Unless he... they give... Oh, imagine if they give us his bike. Yeah, they actually might. Nuts. You might get a bike. And you could have a lot of fun with that. You can also, depending on the settings, like, he can climb, like, using his claws and stuff and traverse that way. Yeah. I'm sure they'll have a solution for that. Insomniac make good games. Yeah, I trust them. Um, so. And this brings us on to the Nerd News Network. Yes, it does. It's been a bit of a weird week because there's not been loads of news, but there's been like yeah. a couple of bits that you kind of go, "Oh, that's that's something." Yeah, and oh shit, um, that's important. Yeah, but we started off the week with some genuinely the, quite scary news. Started off the year with yeah, not the best start. Um, so Jeremy Renner was run over by a snowplow, it now turns out. So apparently, according to the police report, he was driving, he got stuck in snow. Um, well, so... No, I, sorry, he was in a car with a family member on their, like, or land. Or one of their family members. Yeah. Um, whole, and yeah. the car got stuck in snow. He went back to get the snowplow. And then he out. dug the car out, and the car got out, no problem. He then got out of the snowplow to, to go and talk to them, Classic. at which point the snowplow started rolling. Mm -hmm. So then he tried to jump back in the snowplow to put like, the handbrake. I don't know if it's called a handbrake. Yeah, but it will be. But yeah, the, basically the, regain the control of it. Yeah, and he got run over in the process of trying to jump on board. So my understanding is this isn't just like some small little like sit on low. Yeah, it's a big look. one. This isn't is it? like one of those, not quite as big as what you would get at a ski resort, but like that style where it's caterpillar trucks is my understanding. Um, so if he's gone to jump in the door and it's like you've kind of got to step on the caterpillar truck and like it's rolling and then his foot gets like knocked. Yeah, and it's snowy and slippery. Like, yeah, he's somehow ended up on the floor. It's gone over him, yeah. Um, and apparently, gave it. He was losing a lot of blood. Thankfully, yeah, he, his neighbor's a doctor. Yeah, severely bleeding. His neighbor was a doctor and managed to come over and put a tourniquet on it until the paramedics arrived. And he which got airlifted. I can only imagine potentially saved his life. Oh yeah, one hundred percent probably did. Um, but he was in a 
critical but stable condition as of the second when it when the news broke. Um, he is now conscious. He's done a couple of posts to social media. Yeah, he's he's still in a bad way. He's still pretty beat up, but well, he's conscious, alert, chatting. The initial reports were he'd had a serious accident and was critical. Then it came out that he had got run over or a snowplow incident, and that was it. Then it was like he had chest injuries. And the way it was worded, it was like blunt trauma, chest injuries, and something to the like. And it's like, basically, what it comes down to is he's probably had broken ribs, and his legs have got torn up, and he had severe, like a almost deadly bleed on his leg. Yeah. Um, thankfully, yeah, I think that doc if it wasn't for that doctor, he probably would have lost his life or lost a leg, potentially. Sure. Um, and yeah, he's very lucky in that sense. And I know that they're now treating the incident scene as technically a crime scene because snowplows like that are meant to have safety features that don't allow people to be run over. Oh. So I imagine they're looking into that and finding out if it was something user error. user error or if there's something that happened that shouldn't have happened because then, uh-oh, manufacturer's in trouble. Um, yeah, as a manufacturer, you really don't want your machine to fail and injure. Yeah, it's one thing injuring one of the a general... Names yeah, in Hollywood it, right it's now. one thing if this was just some, your general Sam, like, plowing his driveway but to be one of the biggest like a big marvel actor who a fucking avenger yeah like it's like oh shit this isn't the press you need um, um but no it, it looks like he's gonna be okay yeah um touch wood he's like i said he's alert he's conscious he's doing social media posts um i'm sure there's gonna be a long recovery window for him yeah but definitely. at least he is alive yes um, another one that is, is this is like other end of the spectrum. It's yeah. not that serious. It's not that deep. It's just a bit interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, so a famous comic book writer by the name of Dan Slot, mm -hmm. um, claims that the She-Hulk TV show is the most comic book accurate Marvel project, um, and that anyone who's trying to bash She-Hulk for not being comic book accurate is a fucking idiot, essentially. He's of the Has... opinion it's okay if you don't like it, but mm -hmm. don't claim it's not comic book accurate. Yeah, exactly. And was the real even kicker, that he'd worked on a lot of the She-Hulk ones. The real kicker is he has written more She-Hulk comics yeah, than it. literally anyone else. So there you go. It's not just any comic book writer. It's essentially the She-Hulk comic book writer. Yes. And if he's saying it's the most comic book accurate, then I'm sorry everyone else is wrong that says otherwise. Um. Don't get me wrong, he might not be right about it being the most comic book accurate, but it does mean that you, people's to... arguments of it's not comic book accurate Well, yeah, fucking him, on the floor. I think it's more so him saying the most comic book accurate to, like, it's, it's, it's definitely to She-Hulk comics. Yeah. Hard. So, like, if he thinks his writing on the comics has been shown just as well as it should be in the show, then, like, say what you want, but it's just it's just an interesting one. And I can't believe that for, for how much people seem to hate She-Hulk and they're like, oh, it's yeah. just bad. 
it seems to get discussed a lot on the internet, which makes me think it's actually not that people dislike it. They dislike the message of it, and therefore they just they can't get over it. Yeah, and you I know, feel like there's you know also... when you like, get under someone's skin and they just sit there and it goes round and round in their head and they're constantly well, yeah, going, yeah, but like... what about? Yeah, but what about? I feel like it's a new thing that people find to hate about it. It's like people have kind of got shut down about, oh, it is comic book accurate or no, it is a good funny show. And it's like, oh, damn, that's the, okay. They make a good point. It isn't bad because of that. Now it's like, oh, it's bad because Deadpool, not Deadpool, Daredevil, uh, this isn't the best way Daredevil should have been brought back into the MCU. And it's like, really? Like, it's perfectly, like, it was a great, fun fun way for him to reappear. I hate to break it to you, but Dead, um, Daredevil. Daredevil, you've fucking got me I know. Right now. Daredevil is an absolute slut. Yeah, I think it's he just... absolutely would have been all over. People sure. were like, oh, we could have had a better way of him being reintroduced. But it's like, right. you're just finding things... show. Yeah, you're just trying to find reasons for an issue with She-Hulk. And honestly, you're struggling and clutching at straws. So. Um, we then had a very funny video from Hugh Jackman on Twitter. Yes. Um, so Ryan Reynolds is in a film I forget the name of. Um, personally, to it, it might have been a musical. Um, and Hugh Jackman was very complimentary of the film. All of the actors in it but Ryan Reynolds. So like he named a number of the lead actors other than Ryan Reynolds and said how great they were. Complimented the person who wrote one of the songs and said how much he loved that song. But that song is now up for an Oscar. Mm. And basically he was like, we cannot let it win an Oscar because the next year of my life filming Wolverine and Deadpool is going to be horrific if Ryan Reynolds wins an Oscar for this, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Like, pleading. Um, and as the internet does, its only takeaway was, oh, he called it Wolverine and Deadpool. Is that a title leak? And um, I also saw someone tweeted that at him, and then Hugh Jackman replied to that tweet saying, sounds good, doesn't it? So... Um, so I imagine part of the marketing for this film is going to be Ryan Reynolds and Hugh Jackman fighting about mm -hmm. whose name should come first. Well, that's how they marketed their alcohol brands, was just yeah. they're making videos about each other digging digs. And... So it's 100% going to be... We're going to get a video of Ryan Reynolds now, and he's going to call it Deadpool and, and Wolverine. Yeah. And it's going to be this argument of whose name goes first. And it's going to be brilliant marketing, because they're yeah. both such good actors, you could genuinely believe they didn't like each other. Oh yeah, um, it's it's gonna be great, and I cannot cannot wait um, for the marketing. It's gonna be some of the most fun marketing we've seen in a while. I guarantee um, there'll be. Do you know what? I guarantee there's gonna be two official posters. One will say Wolverine and Deadpool. The other will say Deadpool and Wolverine. Yeah, and that's just how they're gonna. Like there is gonna be no and official it'll be like way. Deadpool in big letters, and then just and Wolverine in the like the bottom yeah. right hand corner in a top. And then there'll be. An opposite one of Wolverine and Deadpool tiny yeah. in the corner. Yeah. If they're smart, they will be. Yeah. Um, talking of people who may or may not be smart. Oh, God. Um, so. Yeah, I sent this now, to you, didn't I? We, yeah, we need to take this with a pinch of salt because there, well, there's a lot to unpack here. There is. I have a theory. Uh, the DC execs are rumoured to be open to keeping Ezra Miller since... They've been behaving themselves, essentially. 
since they've been dealing with their mental health. Um, yeah, and not committing crimes. Yeah. Um, here's the thing. That makes me just think that James Gunn isn't sure if he wants Ezra Miller, and the board have just kind of gone, we will back whatever decision you make. Okay, so I've sort of taken it a similar way. I've gone, key thing here is DC execs. If this was James Gunn, publications would be saying, James Gunn, because he's the talk of the town at the moment with DC. I 100% think it's, like you said, the board, the execs at the top have, because they're the ones who've had to handle getting Ezra Miller, like, and dealing with the legal side of this, probably, mm -hmm. um, are going, yeah, he's been behaving, we're happy to, we're open to keeping him, like, we're not, still we're working. We're not going to close the door. No. Uh, and I think what's going to happen is they've said that, and then in a week or so, James Gunn's going to have to put out another set of tweets of, like, breaking, shutting off rumours. And he's going to go, uh, yeah, I have no intent on continuing with the this current Flash or something. He's like, the Flash will be a character I use, but it won't be the current Flash. Similar to what he said about Superman. Or, or you'll get something like... Um... I have no immediate plans for the Flash. I know that I need yeah. that I want to use the Flash, but I haven't got any further than that yet. I um, I, I think there are rumors saying we're going to get their initial plan by the end of the month, which okay. might then give us a better idea of what to expect. I think what we'll get then is like a list of titles. But I okay. honestly, everything so far from James Gunn, I'm liking. I'm on board with. Yeah, we just got to give it a chance. And I mean, I, it can't be worse than the shit we've had to deal with. No, but I will say, if he says, "Yes, I'm more than happy to keep working with Ezra Miller," I'm sorry, that's a big red flag. Like I'm like, I'm sure Ezra Miller can turn a corner and be a great actor, but I honestly, like, you're just if he chooses to keep using him, he's shooting himself in the foot with Flash, because. I think even if it's a James Gunn run flash film, those people that have a thing against Ezra Miller will just for the sake of it be like, nah, it's gonna be shit. Like we're we're boycotting it. Everyone boycott DC, they still want to work with Ezra Miller. I think the only way Ezra Miller can work is if the flash gets not the flash film that's already done, but any future flash projects get shelved for like three years. I and and Ezra yeah. Miller just spends that entire time, or like a year of that, sorting themselves out, and then the two years after that, on a huge press tour to repair their reputation. I and don't... and after that, after that, I think as long as it doesn't feel phony, which is always the tricky bit, <laughs> people will go. Yes, what they did was unacceptable. But it seems like they were really struggling and they're now better. And like for the most part, people are willing to give people second chances. Yes, but also in the age of the internet, I think it's pretty difficult. It's always to gonna be ever... something that follows Ezra Miller around. Yes. And I think James Gunn is if he chooses but, to use Ezra Miller, but, he's gonna make his own but, life a bit yeah. difficult. But let's not remember let's not forget James Gunn is on his second chance as well. So he might be more yeah willing to give people second chances yeah i just think he'll end up making his life harder 
to get yeah. fans on board if he chooses um, to stick with it as well. But but we'll see. We will we see. also yeah, we also need to see what the fuck happens in this flash film. Apparently it's really good though. Mm. All all of the early screenings and everything I'm reading, there seems to be a lot of buzz about it. And I just I want it to be good because I love the flash. Yeah. But it's just it's tricky. Yeah. Um in some really cool but quirky and weird and fun news. Mm. So last year, or was it earlier? Who knows? I don't know. Uh last year. Whoop. 2021. <laughs> uh September 21. Um, we got season one of Visions on Disney Plus, which was mm. it worked with like eight anime studios. Yeah, it was create, eight, like unique Star Wars stories in an anime style. Eight official anime studios, which for an anime studio to be an actual one, it has to be I'm pretty sure it has to be based in Tokyo or Japan. Is like the term. But yeah, they worked with them, they said they can do these are the like obviously the rules of Star Wars and like the world that it's set in, but like the story can be anything you want. And they all came up with their own thing in their own style. And, and they were all fucking amazing. Yeah, they were all amazing in their own right. There was one that stood out from the rest and everyone loved that a little bit more, which was the black and white samurai style one, um, to which I am pretty sure shortly after Visions, because everyone loved it so much, it got announced that it was going to have its own book. Well, it now seems like this comic book has... Yes. ...is starting. So there is so Marvel announced their comics that are coming in the new year, um, which include the Judgment Day, which is um Avengers X Men Eternals crossover, mm. the Deadly Neighborhood Spider Man. Interesting. Comes out into um, his list. <laughs> and then Star Wars Visions, the cover art for that does look like it fits the samurai. Yes, it looks just like the style of that. There is also a new Wakanda number one coming, which looks sick. Um, I am very, very tempted to get this, because I imagine it's going to be a manga style. Yeah, it's going to be a bit more of a manga style, I think. I would, I would imagine. imagine so. At least art style. It's It probably is going to be very cool. And... Obviously, alongside like the announcement of Visions season two coming, um, I can't like as much as I, I'm on a weird thing with Vision season two because it's like I want eight completely new studios style like new things again because it was sick, but I also want more of the samurai. <laughs> so it's like, do they give us another episode of that from that studio, or do we get like a whole new set again? Yeah. Um, um, I would like some of the ones we saw to get like sequels, but I'd like some new ones as well. Yeah, I think I'm similar. I'd like a mix. But yeah, um, but yeah. So cool. it's it's really cool. Um, Disney for a long time now have been producing Star Wars comics via Marvel. Yes. Um, I've not. I've, I'll be honest. I've not looked at any of them. I'm sure there are some good ones. Um, but as far as I know, basically all of the comics aren't canon, which just to a lot of people kind of makes you go well they're pointless so i'm not gonna bother then but i mean some people just like comic books and some people just want to read more star wars themed stuff i think yeah, yeah it make, like 
I'm pretty sure you're right in the comics aren't canon. And then that also lines up with, like, these Star Wars visions technically isn't canon. Yeah, um, they're, they're like homages, aren't they? It's like, what if yeah. we do this with Star Wars? And yeah. it, I mean, it was fucking awesome. The umbrella with the million lightsabers, it was just sick. Yeah, there was some oh. really creative ideas. Um, 100%. Yeah, that was very cool. Um, we also got confirmation that the Beyonder is mm. going to be the big bad for Avengers sequels. Um, which is really funny because the Beyonder is a Kang variant. Yeah. And will be being played by Jonathan Majors. Yeah. So I feel like they've only announced this because they don't want people to get confused if a Kang variant dies in any of the films that are coming up. Do you know what I think it is as well? Um, we mentioned, I think a while back, when all the Phase 5 stuff and 6 got announced. Like, I we wondered if are we going to start getting more Kang variants? Because obviously the one in Loki is very clearly different and has been confirmed as different to the one in Ant-Man. Yes. Um, so it's like, that's clearly a theme they're going to kind of run with. So them announcing it, I think, is one, to help. They know the casual fans might not quite have grasped that yet, so they're making sure there isn't that level of confusion. And... I think it's also to cover them, like one, like you say, if one of them dies at some point in the next set, of, the next uh, phase, or if there's like these weird characters have met one Kang, but then they meet Kang again and he doesn't know them. Yeah. And people are like, well, they've already met him. Why doesn't he remember? But yeah. then it's more so. I think they're trying to cover themselves with the casual fans because they are. It's that weird point now, because there's so many shows and so many films, that it's harder for the casual MCU fan to keep up. 100%. And it's getting more complicated in just, like, multiverse stuff, which is all expected. So it's just they don't want to lose them too much, so... But I'm excited for it. I'm down for as many Kang variants as we can get. Stack them in, bro. Um, be, and that is it from the Nerd News Network. Yeah. Um, Until next week. I'm sure there'll be more shit. There'll, there'll probably be stuff That's 10 minutes more. after we're done recording. Yeah. So It wasn't too bad over Christmas, but it was also Christmas. Yeah, everyone um, everyone went quiet. But this brings us on to our uh, superhero showdown. Yes, back to it. Between the Blue Beetle and Dead Man. Mm-hmm. Both your picks, I think. Um, Potentially. Should I have a little look? Where's my mouse gone? There it is. I think they were. I know Blue Beetle was. Yeah, Blue Beetle definitely is. There's no way you're choosing Blue Beetle. <laughs> I think I didn't choose him because I thought you would choose him. Dead Man is also my pick. You're right. I thought so. So I've got Blue Beetle seeded at four and Dead Man seeded at five, giving Dead Man the advantage. Obviously, it's your uh, your old standard rules. Um, mm-hmm. to the death, blood lusted, yada yada. Um. Now, Dead Man's Advantage is an interesting one. Yeah, I don't really know much about him, so I don't know what I think. The easiest advantage to give him is Blue Beetle by me is still very inexperienced. Okay. Because the Blue Beetle armor is ridiculous. Okay. 
So I think him being inexperienced with the Scarab makes it a bit fairer. Yeah, I can see. Yeah, I can get on with that. Um, so Dead Man is it's weird. I guess you could kind of call him a ghost. I think that's probably one of the better ways to describe him. He interacts with Emph Metal a fair bit. Right. Okay. Um. So like he, he's pro- he's a he's a spooky, scary skeleton. <laughs> uh, um. But let's let me just get a list up quickly of powers in case there is anything obvious that I am missing. I'm pr- I briefly looked. Um. And I'm in my. Um. So he's got ghost physiology, which means he's got flight. He's intangible. He can go invisible, and he can possess stuff. Mm. He can also kind of do a little bit of mind control. He's got enhanced senses and travel dimensions. Um, Beetle? Oh, the fuck ton of stuff. Yeah, Blue Beetle. So basically, the way the scarab works, the alien scarab that creates the armor, is it has like a... I guess you call it kind of like a symbiotic relationship with Jaime. So you can kind of read his mind. But it kind of does its own thing as well. Interesting. Which which is why Jaime being experienced is so important because he has a bit more control over what it's gonna do to try and help him. Whereas when he's inexperienced, imagine something that's sentient trying to help you. Yeah, and you but don't you know have no doing. ability to tell you tell it how to help you. Yeah. So he can almost end up fighting the scarab while also trying to fight someone. Yeah. I don't think the intangibility issue bothers the scarab. I was going to say, this is my question then. Going off Dead Man's Power is the only one that is a potential big advantage for him is if he can't be hit because he's intangible. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure it has energy-based powers. Right. Yeah, there'll be some, like, certain things hit ghosts. Yeah, Yeah, energy projection. So I'm I'm gonna go ahead and assume that he can. Uh, yeah. Ghost man, the problem, uh, dead man. The problem is, can you kill him? Uh, I guess. Hmm, that's a good question. Can you kill what's dead? Or can you but do we... so much? Well, here's the thing. We've done this before, though, with Hulk and Wolverine. Like they technically don't die. It's just one of them is in a position where they can't fight back. True. So, can Blue Beetle more likely to be beat Dead Man to a point where he is unable to fight back essentially and would normally be dead? But in the situation of this, like, I'm gonna go ahead and say that Blue Beetle can produce enough energy consistently to just unlock Dead Man. Yeah, I so my going off like my brief look at powers and stuff was like Blue Beetle has more strength and stamina going for him, yeah. And I think though inexperienced, we we're doing the whole inexperienced thing. I think that doesn't change how strong and durable the armor and stuff is. So it's like that's gonna keep going. I don't think Dead Man. The Scarab is OP, but does Jaime waste time just swinging punches going through him? 
And does that then give Deadman the opportunity to just win? Hmm. I don't think Deadman can kill him. That's my problem. Yeah, I don't think he can kill him. And I don't know if he can necessarily actually get him to a point where, like, he can't even fight back. Because I wouldn't be confident saying he could possess Jaime while the Scarab is protecting him. No, I don't think so. So I don't think there's any way we can give it to Deadman. No, and I feel like even if Jaime like is getting worn down, then Scarab's just going to keep going for him. Yes. So it's like, yeah, I don't see a world really where Deadman wins. Obviously, the whole can he be killed, I guess it's more can he be defeated to the point where it's like he isn't able to fight. Um, I think Blue Beetle wins. I don't think I, it's an easy I'm win. I'm inclined to agree. No, neither do I. But I think it's not easy more due to his inexperience, not because of his physical capabilities. Yeah, I think it just takes him a lot longer. And it he himself makes it a harder fight than it needs to be. I, I agree. Well, there we have it then. Blue Beetle becomes our last member of the next round in the DC Heroes. So next week we will have day. Yeah, we'll have something versus Red Hood next week. Oh. To uh be the first finalist in the DC Hero category. Um, that should be interesting. It should. And that will also be episode fifty. Yeah. Which is crazy. Five oh. It's also like a year since the first episode. It is. Which so is this... wild. Like, and this time last year, we were going mental over Spider-Man. Yes, we were. We were absolutely Can't believe ever-loving shit. It's been over a year since we had that now. Because the film had already been out for like a month at that point as well. well. Yeah, exactly. So it's like... It's craziness. Um, <laughs> this time we had like nine subs. Now we have like 260 something. Yeah. It's not bad. Not bad start. Not, Not bad, bad first year. Uh, a Siffy top and only halfway up. Exactly. So, um, if you haven't already, make sure, yeah, yeah, make sure you're liking, subscribing. <laughs> um, if you're on any of them audio platform things, the Spotify's, the Apple Music's, Google Podcasts, leave a like, like Hello. it, rate it. I don't know. Some of them do like, some of them do ratings and reviews. Yeah. Um, if we get any ratings or reviews, maybe we'll read some out. I know that's the thing a lot of podcasts do. Um, it is. I, so, I mean, even I, anyone who comments on YouTube, maybe yeah, we'll read we your comments out. Yeah, if you want to do like a review type comment, go for it. We'll, we'll go through some of them. Um, but thank you as always. Um, we'll see you next week with more um, Bad Batch. Yes. More Bad Batch. And, I mean, hopefully plenty of nerd news. Yeah, probably. I've got a feeling next week's going to be a busy week. Yeah, probably. Probably DC as well. Always. Yeah. We'll see you next week. Bye.